That's right, folks. Longtime owner Mr. Krabs is opening a new restaurant called The Krusty Krab 2. First of all, congratulations, Mr. Krabs. Hello. I like money. Real estate. Come here, Pat Bernard Tui. Real estate. <laughs> Look at it. Look That's how. That's all you've been talking about these days. Real estate. Months. Real estate. Look at this real estate here. <laughs> that is a puddle of water. No, I'm talking about the <laughs> Casa de Nobile, right? Oh, look at this. Elm tree. Okay. Real estate. So I was walking a boxing. My boxing gym's over there when my car was fucked up and I was thinking about my life and like what am I gonna do I'm thinking about the Romo rooms going down you know Pepper no, I don't know if you know about that situation but I was uh, walking by and I just kept going you know food and bev sales taking care of the comics comic condos multiple sources of income why is this apartment abandoned why is this apartment abandoned and could a little playhouse go here with nice parking where the, where, the, where the pond is there's a little bit of a drainage issue a water drainage issue okay. real estate ordinances okay. pond issues i feel like you're gonna be using a lot of terms to spice things up <laughs> like you're gonna call things quaint and stuff yeah yeah you need to just sell it <laughs> you need to sell the real estate so why do you think not abandoned crack house uh quaint and cozy <laughs> pond a pond Playhouse. parking accessible accessible in the pond parking dress it up a little bit why is Casa de Norte gone they had a little water issue we're gonna fix the main drainage issue crack house I don't know but I'm saying comedy there's so many comedy clubs in Austin Texas right now and I'm looking at if if you're going ticket sales drink food beverage all this stuff um, and then but if you had a full apartment building that you were get generating revenue on too, and you spent the money to refurbish them, then in the dark days of winter when it's sleeting, as it is right now in Austin, Texas. By the way, Pat Bernard, thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh no, I'm very, I'm very glad to be getting out of the house. Everyone acts like it's apocalypse, but you and I both know this is. <laughs> You're from Pennsylvania. I'm from Jersey. A little sleet, and then it stopped. And these fucking normie pussy peasants are hiding inside. Fuck them. It's not so bad. It's a little sleet. Yeah, yeah. This is take a take a picture outside weather for a lot of these people, and then go back inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think yeah, about you, my vision? Well, why do you think these buildings are empty, vacant? Mm. Like, why isn't there already something there? So it's not just real estate, it's organization. It's real estate, and it's <laughs> organization. Okay. So, like, were the tenants on drugs? Was the management on drugs? Well, like, is this about Who's the area? Who's on drugs? Is it about, like, the area? Look, there's is? fancy condos I on the other side of Monkey Nest that... that like like look at that that's a condo building yeah right look how many units that is yeah look at this this is the same as that well, I, I, even look look behind, I even that. look behind me you're right look at that yeah an apartment building and Casa then look del. at this apartment Casa del Norte it is literally day and night <laughs> the same exact thing that's day Norte night darkness drug addiction the tenants the business everyone is too lazy <laughs> entitled maybe no. i'm just saying that because i put my roommate in rehab yesterday anyway uh his sponsor just called anyway 
<laughs> Look oh, at the parking. Nice. Yeah. This abandoned lot could have parking. You oh, could have yeah. a little wing, sh you know, you could barbecue there, have a little wing shop there. Okay. Just like one thing, wings, barbecue, right? I agree. Playhouse, parking. So that's your vision for? Condo support comedy, you know? That's what I was saying was my vision. But when you're saying, oh, why did it go down? Look, you have to, the city has to inspect buildings and they have to issue you a certificate of occupancy, meaning like the building is sound, yeah. it's got good plumbing, it doesn't have termites, there's multiple tests. There's a drainage issue. It's, there might be a drainage issue because there's a pod right there. There is a pod. Okay. But I mean, you tap it no, into I the sewer. I don't know. No, I see your your vision is. I see your. Because it's for. like, do you know how fucking? Have you ever seen a building be constructed? the The amount of labor that went to build this building is probably, I don't know, four hundred thousand dollars of just labor, and then the materials was probably as much as that. So this cost eight hundred thousand dollars. It's been abandoned since I moved here. Wow. And then this one too. Like, this is probably a million-dollar building. And look at all the parking is nice. That's the only thing I care about. When, when I'm like... Real estate and parking. Real estate, parking, ordinances. When I, when I buy a place, I go, like, is there an assigned parking spot for myself? That's what I fucking care about. You know what I mean? Like, I want... I don't want to come home from work and then have fight, fist fight a vagrant for a parking spot because they have their homeless van there or whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an exact personal experience. Yeah. All right, let's let's walk and talk. Okay. Let's walk and talk. Um, so, yeah, well, there's I been mean, regime change. Be first step to this real estate, like, other than having the vision and knowing what you're gonna do before you start, like, what would be the first step in your mind, like, get an get an agent or look up who owns it and contact them and see if they're a motivated seller. <laughs> you want a motivated seller? You know, that's the that's the kind of you know what kind of girl I like. Patrick Bernard Tui. We haven't talked about this. Desperate. That's <laughs> Black, white, Asian, who? Woo. Jamaican? Desperate. I want a motivated seller. <laughs> People are like, oh, you like fat girls. No, no, no. It's not the fatness. It's the desperation. That's what I like. That's what I'm into. That's the quality that just happens to exist. Yeah, in, they're in excited the to be with me. That's oh, what yeah, I want. <laughs> Desperate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> motivated seller. <laughs> And you're an anxious buyer, I would say. Yeah, oh God, yeah. I'm horny all the time. I've been sliding into girls' DMs late at night. I'm really embarrassed about that. We'll talk about that later. Um, let's warm up. I'm freezing. I don't know about you. A little bit. Uh, do you, wanna, you want some hibiscus tea or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> I think a coffee would be nice. Oh, oh. Okay, let's see if they're open. I don't think they are. Oh. I'm gonna turn. I'm hey, gonna hit bar. Frankly, we should buy this whole goddamn strip mall because this place is on fire. Whoa, right whoa, now. whoa! Real estate, real estate. Remember what happened last time? Yeah, I do, and I know this place is a little shady, but look, the gingers come in, they gingerify the place with the craft beers and the vapes. All right, and the prices go through the roof. It's the best game plan ever. Look, I know we ran into some zoning issues in the past. Zoning issues, zoning issues. That's a funny way to say a stripper overdoses in a building zoned for a preschool you with just no zone. Yeah, no slut injury insurance. Yeah. Yeah, insurance, dead whores. These are details that you miss sometimes in real estate. Oh my God. Follow me, Pat Bernard. <laughs> you want to see something cool? Yeah, something really cool? Mm -hmm. So my roommate went to rehab yesterday and I found this. Hey, catch. <laughs> oh, shit, dude, stop. <laughs> that stuff is like honestly scary to me. Yeah. Like a needle. Yeah. Damn. So this is it. 
Okay. God yeah. bless him. He sold everything that wasn't nailed down before he moved. No, no. Anyway, you want a podcast or something? <laughs> <laughs> Just try to shoot your voice this way as much as you can. Okay. And, uh, <clears throat> real estate. Regime change. Romo. Rebel rousing. Regime change. Rebel rousing. The Romo's no more. What happened, Papernartui? It was a project that had an expiration date. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it... That's what the contract said? You had a contract between you and the brass tap and it expired like a lease? No. uh, There's no no contract. There was never Mm. any contract. It was all handshake, look in the eye agreements on everything. So it was... Someone put it brilliantly, I forget who actually said this, but it, the whole thing was built on sand. And anything that could appear in the middle of the night can just as quickly disappear. So, so there's brick and mortar real estate with a functioning business and a kitchen. Yeah. Your tenacity and organization was Romo Room. Your organization and the ability of you to send emails back, that was Romo Room. Um, I'm glad that you got all the money though when it was working out like you had the bank account and the ticket sales would go right to you so that you could like divvy it up like take care of the comics make sure they had this and that right it would go to the Romo account and oh with the be... Romo but you are Romo room because you were there ever organizing it right what do you mean what's who, who got the Romo account uh, it's in the name Rob Morris that was who... well he moved to LA Rob Morris Jr. Right. Moved to L.A. Yeah. I understand it's confusing, but it was set up in a way. I, I'm grateful for the lesson. I'm grateful for the mistakes I made in setting it up. <clears throat> and going forward, I'll be a little more, uh, as you said, organized. Um, and make sure that it's nice and neat before I let it loose so it's not benefiting another party before it benefits me. That'll be my next project. So the, who got, so Rob Moore Sr. got the money and then he, uh, yeah. So then how are you so going to I was, so I was, so I was, so I was guaranteed a salary. Um, and that would happen if the shows were a bust the shows were a hit it was just fixed and anything over that yeah would go to the other accounts okay and as far as paying the headliners that's one of the things that made when i first spoke i said expiration date is because we were we are not getting any of the food and beverage it is not like a smart move to continue getting i mean in truth other production teams get much friendlier deals and in a word we were getting molested and so there was no point to continue on and fight it, it it's a nice thing to have a comedy room and to to have that in my soul that i was running that and you know it lived and died by my effort that was nice um however again it just has to be nice and neat before i let it loose it, it can't look the way that it did 
in this iteration again. Otherwise, it just it doesn't have any momentum. Mm. You're getting comedy <laughs> molested. You know, it's weird because in, in Hollywood, when you get molested, then you go, your career gets up. You, mm-hmm. you move up the ladder. Right. But comedy molested, you go down. Not beneficial. <laughs> You're getting... Uh, it was exploitative. It's, it, is running a comedy club just I the numbers? It's exploitative just exploitative right? is what everyone signs up for. Unfortunately, I think that if you... I mean, you specifically, you know successful people, you know people in entertainment. Is stand-up comedy the most lucrative ventureship that you could get into? Probably. Uh, No. (laughs) Where would it rank? Is it near the bottom, would you say? It's so hard to say because I've known directors who are who've won awards at Cannes who then are like fucked and and like like doing one commercial a year and like sleeping on a neighbor's couch. Like I've met and then I've met Michael Bay who parks sideways in in a, a VR studio and I said maybe can you move your cars so they don't block everybody in and they go maybe Michael Bay does whatever he wants and I said okay. Follow me in. I was the office PA. <laughs> okay. And it's like this psychopath, you know what I mean? Like directs right. these crazy movies and goes to the top. And, um, you so know, exploitative, and then, I just, I, yeah. the, the word, I feel like you kind of know that going in that, like, it's you just a, have to set up a better, I mean, me personally, I had to set up a better deal. So it wouldn't be exploitative. But yeah, in this last iteration of it this last version yeah it was exploitative um so the brass tap didn't give you food and bev when you would pack it up and they wouldn't give you 10 percent. and like even you know get it giving headliners like meals off rip was like a struggle like a headliner should get a shift meal if they're doing two shows um period yeah like, and for that not to be like automatic and um, understood by them and catered to who's packing them. Not only are they not giving you 10%, it's like give some shift meals. Yeah. Um, who, you know, it kind of reminds me of like SpongeBob SquarePants. Wasn't there a character in SpongeBob? <laughs> Named Patrick? Well, I was thinking about the guy who runs the Krabby Patty. <laughs> Mr. Krabs. Yeah, what was his business model all about? Money. <laughs> Let's play a clip from SpongeBob SquarePants. Money. Um. <laughs> so when Mr. Romo and Krabby Patty Brass Tap Brass would negotiate, mm-hmm. I like let's let's I'll be Brass Tap. You be okay. Well, okay. I like money. I like money. <laughs> Wait, I like my. Wait, let's negotiate for money because I like money. How about I keep my money and you keep your money? I like money. Don't touch no, my but money. I want your, some Don't of touch your my money. money. I won't touch your money. Don't touch my money. But I need money for him. Money, money, but for the comics and money. Who am I? Who am I getting? <laughs> so when when you left, there were two crabs. Uh, crawling, and mm-hmm. they didn't have the buffer of their whipping boy in between them anymore, and uh, Romo disappeared. That's my. That's what I see. No yeah. contract, handshake deals. Everyone's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Crabs. Hello, I like money. Uh, we don't get automatic shift meals for performers. I mean, 
I said this on another podcast, and there's a place that's still around in Jersey, but, like, uh, I, as a feature, drove from Edison, New Jersey, Jackson, New Jersey, to take Rick Shapiro to uh, Morris Plains, New Jersey. How far of a drive is that? I mean, two hours south, two hours north. Yeah. Then after the show, two hours south, two hours north. Wow. Eight hours of driving. Mm -hmm. I was paid $20 by the promoter under the table. Rick gets a T, they give him a bill, which is egregious, for $2.15. <laughs> right. He yeah. puts down a 20. Mm -hmm. I go, time to go, we got a lot of driving to do. I hand him his 10 back, leaving seven <laughs> on a two. Right. The manager is a fat cow shoving a 32 ounce fucking steak in her face. That's how she makes her money. What? That time you just fixed her tip. That's how she makes her money. Ugh, ugh, ugh. The manager. Automatic shift meal. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Some fucking fat cow lady at the Comedy Cove above Scotty's Steakhouse. This manager didn't get out of her booth the whole time taking the whole thing up on shift meal steaks. He did, Rick Shapiro doesn't get an automatic... Shit. Like he has tea. Parkinson's disease, and he had to go perform. So he wanted tea and honey. Then he was. She was mad. I took ten off of his. So instead of uh, tipping two hundred thousand <laughs> percent, I put it down to like three hundred fifty percent tip. Yeah. Seven on two, mm -hmm. three hundred fifty percent tip. Yeah. It's like. Dude, these people are so cheap and out of touch. It's yeah. like, did you perform? Did, oh, you took tickets for a minute and then got tired and then got busy and went to go eat your steak? <laughs> what the fuck? It's like... So I then think there's I a gave, level of coordination... Sorry for interrupting. Yeah. But I think there's a level of coordination between production and bar that doesn't happen. And it should because that would be the best run ship. And in truth, uh, to the Comedy Cove, uh, go no respect. Um, but I know for the Romo Room, and this is something that you told me about, and I was like, well, I didn't know about this for months, that Jimmy Schubert was waiting on food. Hmm. The Jimmy Schubert genius was, was waiting on food and just didn't get it. Hmm. Um, and that's a lack of, again, coordination, but... I think it's also small teams so that, you know, I'm worried about XYZ and I, I need to be worried about, and it is a paramount part of the job, is the comfort of the, of the act of the performer because that needs to be, that is, that is the product, yeah. is making sure they're in good form and in good yeah, spirits. Yeah. And that was a, a failure on my part, but I would chalk it up to maybe... Yeah, just coordination. It has to just be a button on the thing. Headliner shift me a button. So it tabs. it. The, then, you know. Right. It's not a good look if he does two shows and he orders a steak tacos and they say thirteen seventy five. Oh, you forgot the tip. It's like, bro. You know, so just like yeah. it has to be a button on the computer or just like an understanding or there's the organization of that is is essential. And it leaves such a bad taste in my mouth. So then, okay. So I got $20. I, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm dealing with Jabba the Hutt and the... Uh, <laughs> uh, my car came back. Oh, 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 oh. 
you know, ow, ow, ow. Yeah. can you hear that? That I make enough obnoxious eating noises, you fat fucking bitch <laughs> who runs that place. I wouldn't use that term if it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, how pathologically right. out of touch you are. This guy has Parkinson's disease. Okay, he he's needs tea for free, automatic. Yeah. Anyway, I took my whole twenty. I gave it to the waitress after I saw this because I didn't want to at that time burn that bridge with that club. Mm-hmm. I've since changed my mind about that issue. <laughs> gave the whole twenty that I got for gas. Here, thanks for your service. Shook her hand. I. I try to talk to Gene. I try to talk to his fat cat wife. Nothing. They won't even talk to me. I <clears throat> drove Rick all the way home. He stole my pants. I could talk about that later. I drove all the way home. Eight hours of driving. Three days later, I felt bad about it. I wrote a handwritten letter to Gene and said, I'm, this is what happened. This is my perspective. Um, you know... I didn't use the term job of the hut. I didn't use the term fat cow wife. I said, listen, this is my perspective of what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, I did the open mic two months later and he introduced me, didn't recognize me. But when I went to shake his hand, he went like this. I'm not shaking your hand. Man. Okay. Now you're my enemy. I'm sorry. I I tipped out. I tipped to 4 billion percent. I fucking drove, got nothing for it. I brought people, I had a great set, I killed, I drive the headline, you know, it, and it's like, for what? For, you can't yeah. be like, you can't treat your, your performers like malice, it's not karaoke. I think that there's a level of like aggression that you need to have with like first conversations and such, like, you know, you're, you're telling me your side of this Comedy Cove story and it ends with you saying, you know, I, I sent a letter and then I went to go shake his hand. It feels like, I mean, if you revisit that, do you think it would make sense for you to be like more aggressive at the start to where like, I don't know where I'm going with this, but like, was I too much just of a to, pussy? Yeah, well, yeah, just that like people take a, take the yard when you give them an inch metaphor. Right. Um, and yeah. Um, it, the problem is in that state, like imagine this, I know I have to drive another four and a half hour, you know? So how much energy do I have in the moment to stick up for myself? And I was like so thirsty for stage time at yeah. that time um, that I wanted showcase spots. Yeah. I feel like that's a big part of it too, yeah. is you're a young comedian and you're just, you are just fucking thankful that 15 minutes is coming your way, that you, yeah. you lose sight of the other things yeah. that like, you, when you get the 15 minutes, you're not like, well, this is going to happen all the time. I'll record three specials and I'll, I'll tour across the country. Like, you're just like, oh my God, 15 minutes. Like, you should honestly have the... But I guess that's why we're recording the podcast and just for advice that young comics who get spots need to be a little more... Have a little more oomph because you're setting the precedent and you're teaching people how to interact with you. I got comedy molested. <laughs> I... <laughs> But I'm also like pissed because in my business model, my business model, I thought that after I shot my three specials, by the way, you can find them for free on YouTube, conspiracies and dick jokes, fart porn in beer halls, and it's a medical device. I shot them in 50 venues from LA to New Orleans to New York City. And then I got pickup spots, uh, like 
so it turned out to be like 64 total shows I filmed. Uh, at the, then I started going to Stress Factor. I got pickup spots, the Comedy Cove, you fucking fat cow. <laughs> Jesus, I, um, you know, and then it got edited together. It took 18 months. I thought when I, get, when I delivered that, I would be held in the arms of the people like Jesus Christ. And I would be able to headline everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'd be able to... So then I, one of the best shows I had was Cold Town. So I moved to Austin... Uh, along, which was along my tour, but I had the best time here because of Cold Town. I show up to the zip code Cold Town is, and this apartment that we're sitting in, that disappears. So it's like you're like chasing this rabbit that keeps like vanishing as you mm-hmm. grab its tail. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that part of it. Then it's like the people that are having success, like the Mike Eatons and the Lucas McCrady's and the Adam Luckies, who are great comics and mm-hmm. nice people. Right. Um, they go out every night and they hobnob and they do this and then they climb up the ladder like that. And I realized that the momentum that I had done of paying my dues in other cities and then cult diamonding it in a special did not get me any momentum. All the momentum still has to come from my comedy molestation and suffering. You have to keep getting re-traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> the finger goes in your butt again, and then it goes in again, and then it goes in again. Horrible. You know? And it's like, so my living situation hasn't been ideal recently. Mm. I've been getting woken up after, you know, work and I paying the bills. I got woken up. Who's in there with you? At three in the morning. Who's in there? What? I'm trying to sleep. Oh, I thought I heard somebody. Eight in the morning. Who's in there? Wait. Or did you call the cops? What? So that's been my life recently. So it's mm-hmm. been, you know, to have the mental, spiritual energy to go get chuckle, yuck, yuck, fucked, <laughs> fingered in the butthole and comedy molested every yeah. night, buying drinks from oh, yeah. Mr. Krabs, you know, but paying for parking if I go to the Creek in the Cave, which averages costing me $6.75 at metered parking if I want to not risk toe or a right. ticket yeah you know it's like Damn. so it's still an investment it's not only do i have to uh palm for spots but i'm losing money palming for spots yeah so it's like i don't have a fucking trust fund bro <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah i i spend every dime i've ever seen in my life on my specials mm-hmm. so um you know but uh you know i've also been I mean, uh, because I've been going so crazy, I've been sliding in girls' DMs. I, this is what I said to it. I'm just going right. to read this quote. I'm not proud of this, but it is a, this is also keeping no, it's, me in. It's what if What if you slide into some girls' DMs and we're flatly, like, just... You know when their eyes see what you say? The little eyeball? It says, message seen, message mm-hmm. seen. And then you're like, uh-oh. Did I write that or was that a... Like, then you dream, oh, maybe I didn't write that. Then you wake up the next morning, oh, I wrote that. I wrote that. Mm-hmm. And then you try to fix it. And you said another DM and then the eyeball sees that. I can fix this. Then the eyeball sees that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, I said to somebody, look, I have a crush on you. Okay, can you do my podcast? I'm a modern gentleman. Look, I have a, you know, this girl. Look, I, I'm, I have a crush on you, but I'm going to leave that aside. I like you as a performer. I'm a modern gentleman. And then I wrote... And then I fell asleep and I'm like, okay, I fix it. And I woke up. I wrote, I'm a modern gentleman. I'm a modern gentleman. Do my podcast. I have a crush on it. And then I'm like, now I'm afraid to go outside. 
I said I'm a modern gentleman trying to impress a girl? Yeah. What is going on? Well, that's your style and you shouldn't be so, you shouldn't overthink it so much. Scene, scene, scene. Oh, yeah. Scene, scene. Hello? Didn't respond. Yeah, well, that's the modern gentleman. But I did, I had a couple unsuccessful dates recently. Can I tell you about this? Sure. I this girl off a date nap, maybe her name's Sarah, but um, she was like, oh, I'm, I'm Wiccan, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, oh, oh yeah, you, you started to go. Oh, did this. I tell you that? No, we, we, we surfaced, we, we talked about the surface of it and sacrifice. Feathers and candle magic. I said, listen, we can do, we can get feathers. We can get <laughs> We could get candles. Mm-hmm. We can kind of set our intentions. Mm-hmm. Escalating, escalating, escalating. But I go to her house and it's like a fucking dude. It was like something out of a, a Tim Burton movie. Like it was oh, like shit. Edward, where Edward Scissorhands live. Just <laughs> candles. Yeah. Santa Maria, like posters wow. of this god, posters of this god, mm-hmm. a little shrine thing. She told her. you she was a Wiccan though, dude. I know, but I didn't know. I, I was like, oh, it's cute. You probably just dress goth and then, you know, kind of like smoke cigarettes or whatever. But, <laughs> yeah. And like, you know what I mean? And yeah. like candles, feathers. When it was like the idea came up. And I don't know if she was bullshitting, but she was kind of wondering if I would get a chicken with her, like a live poultry. And I'm like, okay. Right. I'm not sacrificing a chicken to Moloch. I'm not. Like, I'm good at cooking chicken, but I'm not going to... You know what I mean? Yeah, what if you ate the chicken, though? See... That's an interesting question. Yeah. If you go I looked into that. I looked, okay, okay, okay. So to defeather a chicken is really, really difficult. And industrial places have something that looks like a washing machine with like dull bolts hanging out of it. You throw the chicken in it and it, the bolts like kind of knock the feathers off. And this is like an industrial like bucket looking mm. device. Right. And like, you know, there's no, otherwise you got to go like this and they have like pin feathers. So what am I going to, I'm like for an hour, I'm going to be choking this chicken. You know what I'm saying? All that for love. <laughs> <laughs> love. Man alive. I came here for Cold Town, chasing the, chasing, chasing the, the bunny. Yep. Now it has imploded. That I think someone bought the real estate. They had sciatica. They bought the real estate, sciatica, mom issues. They bought the real estate and they demolished Cold Town Theater. So now when I go by Cold Town Theater, it's demolished. So sad. Um, I go. Then I ended up at Romo. I see this kind face. He takes me in like a lost puppy. Um, but now Cap City is going in the domain at March. And I thought I saw, speaking of real estate, they were going to be somewhere around Airport Boulevard in their old location. Yeah. I guarantee that landlord was like, listen, you haven't paid rent in two years. Right. And they were like, cool story. We'll liquidate that LLC and start Cap City the same place in the domain. Fuck you. Smart. Smart business people. Mm-hmm. But they said February 28th at the old location. And then the I guarantee the landlord came in there and he was like, let's talk about how you owe me. $500,000 for unpaid rent. And they were like, how about we talk about another, let's talk it to another real estate agent. Hello, I like money. So, you know, plump and dump real estate, you know, anyway. But, uh, so Cap City is going to open up right next to the uh, expired Romo. We have Vulcan Gas Company, Sunset Strip, Creek in the Cave, the Velveeta Room, the Fallout Theater, and the Hideout Theater has Improv. 
Plus, there's bar shows. Uh, you know, so many. Pat McDuffie. Pat, Pat Duffy is not, not Brian Pat, McDuffie. Brian McDuffie. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Pat Bernard. Brian McDuffie. I did his show in uh, Georgetown. He had a meltdown. Um, so it's not just organization and real. It's not just real estate, but it's organization. It's like, can this business be streamlined? Keep the simple demands and the reasonable demands it's so simple. of comics. It's so simple. Um, or will they let that get away because they don't want to be a peasant to a headliner with a big ego? Which I've seen that too. I've seen some headliners treat people like shit. I'm so bad at lip reading and you have such a thick beard. It's okay. We can do it after the Um podcast. So I've seen people be cunts to, to to waiters in ways that I'm still not comfortable with. Um, but again, I'll point this out. Like, uh, Let's talk about karaoke. Karaoke, people pay a DJ $5 to play a music video It's so ridiculous. But yeah, with, yeah. with lyrics underneath and the voice of the original taken out. Now, I've... Yeah. Well, they, they, that's so that they could be the, voice, the, the lead singer. Yeah. And some people are killer at it. And I'm yeah. sure some people, I've even met people who have said, well, this karaoke place, they're bullshit. I'm like, what do you mean? They go, I packed the place out. I'm so good. I packed the place out. And then I asked them, can I have a, uh, they, they already had a deal, they explained to me, mm-hmm. where they didn't have to pay the DJ any money. Because the DJ liked them and they were so good that they kind yeah. of gave courage to some of the people who wouldn't do karaoke mm-hmm. to pay the $5. So they kind of lubricated sales for the business. Gotcha. They started to think that they were headlining the karaoke place. <laughs> and then they demanded food and beverage. They demanded shift meals. They demanded Woo! Stuff. And it's like, wow! if you didn't come in today... <laughs> We would yeah. still have people pay us $5 to play a music video so that they can, like, you know what I mean? So even, but, so, so, but some people are killer at karaoke and some people are awful at karaoke. That's what you get, an open mic. Some people are great at open mics. Some people are awful at open mics. Um, you know, but when the venue treats showcase acts like karaoke, that's the problem. It's not karaoke because a showcase should be, look, we have sieved the cream of the crop from the open mic process, our fair and justified open process. These people deserve meritocratically their showcase spots. So when a showcase happens, charging at the door, real estate sciatica, real estate mom issues, then you should, who said that? Um, Is there anyone in there with you? What? Oh, yeah. Just just me and the modern gentleman. (laughs) I'm not sliding in nobody's DM. Maybe that's true. Maybe I was like sleeping and I was like, I will own everything. I have another, like, sometimes Rabbi Manishevitz will come in. Yeah. Danny Brav, I'm Rabbi Manishevitz. Remember when I chopped your pee pee? Boy, did you scream. Boy, did you bleed. Anyway, listen, I uh, got a shipping container filled with uh, partially dehydrated anchovies. Uh, boy, this stinky fish. Listen, I think we could hose the fish off from the cannon, but I need a little seed, buddy. Anyway. You owe me money, by the way. Uh, we'll talk about that later. 
Maybe when I chopped your pee-pee. So yeah, maybe you did hear other voices. I don't know. Sometimes, I don't know. Um, sciatica bombing. <laughs> Showcase estate. spots, charging tickets. Showcase spots, tickets, yeah. Is this podcast, can, can people follow this podcast? Are we making sense? Um, what's next for Pat Bernard Tui? Tui. Pat Bernard Tui. I am going to get a job that isn't comedy, and I'm going to just... Wait, whoa, whoa. You're not still chasing the silvery dragon, the Komodo dragon of getting of molestation and broken dreams? Well, I, I like a finger in my ass as much as everybody else. <laughs> and so that's... So yeah, it good. <laughs> so what the plan was when the pandemic hit and open mic started to kick on again was I would have a job that would occupy my time and then I would go out and do open mics and just get better at comedy. And this opportunity that I'm really grateful for just came into my way and it was a really exciting chapter. But that original plan is still the right one where, you know, this thing doesn't make a lot of money. So I have to make money elsewhere and just eventually scale it to where I can adjust my time and go from a full-time worker and grinding mics to being a part-time worker and a full-time stand-up and seeing what can happen from there. But I think that I got a terrific experience thinking about all the people that I was able to meet and like people that were like nice to me is like, it's a dream. It's a fever dream. Like I was able to meet Dove Davidoff and watch Dove Davidoff perform live for four hours within a year of starting to produce things. It just, it's, I'm, I'm grateful for it, but it is really like, like a kid going to the Super Bowl like in his like first year. It's like, what the, like to me, that's what it felt like. Yeah, yeah. To to meet someone who was like genuinely an inspiration, um, and for him to be like nice to me was just like, yeah, uh, <laughs> really. Because you're like, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. mean I don't want to meet my hero. Why would I meet my hero? Why yeah. would I do that? And then he's like a kind person, and you're like, damn, dude, like this is fucking amazing. Yeah. And so, like, I got a lot of exposure. I saw a lot of things in the first year of producing that, like, just. I didn't deserve to have met those people considering how little I was working on my actual craft of stand-up and what my goals are for myself. Your yeah. low self-esteem is treating you very well, Pepernard. I know. Yeah. People, <laughs> Why would people be people nice to me? People feel sorry for me and then they let me go in and meet them and then I just, <laughs> ah! Ah! You know, I just, I pick just, my spot, man. Why would I, why yeah. would I, why would I be big chested all the time? That's when people think, no, I'm a moron. I like to <laughs> wait a while. And push them out of the way. Yeah, you gotta cuck up like a peasant for a while until they gain your trust, and then you can really ask for your spots. Um, My asshole's ready, Daddy. Dante. Oh, is that a needle? Sure. <laughs> you want to play? You want to juggle those needles? Let's <laughs> just throw like, like like put a put a little tangerine on your head. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Right, well, after we record, that would be a little fun. <laughs> Oh my Got God, some my paint out, put a target on the tangerine. Yeah. And people are, have asked me, like, oh, I haven't seen you around the mics. And it's like, who's in there with you? <laughs> fuck off and try to sleep. And then five minutes later, I'm on our thing. 
Hello, my slaves. <laughs> Who's in there with you? Nobody. What do you mean? <laughs> he said to a, uh, it got back some uh, drug, ca- uh, a, an AA person came and like drove him to rehab yesterday. Wow. And they were saying that he, he said that I played a recording of myself snoring <laughs> to fool him. That I was there when I actually just played a recording of that and then left and then left him out of the party I was having. Abandonment. Wow. So he, he manufactured abandonment to the point I'm, he hears this and goes, that's a recording. That motherfucker is Ferris Bueller to me right now. He, that's a recording. <laughs> He's actually getting drugs and leaving me out of it. Unreal. Dude, and it's like, dude, I'm trying to keep the bills together. I'm trying to, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it, it, it gets dangerous, and and it gets like, um, you know, when you start building a little bit of credit card debt, and then paying, and then a little bit, and then yeah. compromising, and be like, well, this is a shift meal for me. I need to park here. It's right. either six dollars credit card or two hundred after a tow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, a performer makes these these. This is just life, you know? Yeah. And um, I got towed. I was, uh, Earl Skakel's a friend of mine. He came into town. I drove him from the airport and, and uh, I went to go see him at Vulcan and um, I got towed that night. And it's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, as, like, I can't even like, uh, I don't know, see my friend. But then I realized, like, I saw so many people at Vulcan that night that didn't have a spot that were comics that went to support without a spot. And it's like, how many times do you have to do that yeah, yeah. to get a spot? And it's like, dude, this is like, this is unreal. The the people that can afford, then you realize like these, I don't know if they have trust funds. I don't know if they're, they got, they're working their ass off at Starbucks in the morning, having yeah. a nap and coming out to Palm for a maybe a spot or just to meet someone who maybe has a spot or whatever, yeah. whatever. It's like, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot, you know? And, uh, you know. Yeah, I haven't involved myself in that process, but it seems like that's just very mentally taxing yeah. to have to do that. And But do you think the comics want that? Like, not necessarily want, but like, at Romo, I kind of like gave freely. And when you mentioned showcases, I put on some bad showcases. But they were people who were coming to the mics yeah. a lot. Yeah. And it was like, oh, like, I've actually seen you get better at comedy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you could try this. You know, you could you could go up and do seven minutes in front of people who paid money. Because I felt like those people deserve... I, I did feel like yeah. those comedians deserved it. And it, it motivates them. You know, it's like a back locker room at a basketball team. If some guy, guy's on the bench all season, and then it's like, oh, this guy snaps his ankle. You're in, kid. It's like, that's what they live for. That's why he goes to practice, to be like, to play a, the, the last quarter when the star quarterback... You know, quarterback is basketball. The point guard. The point guard rolls his ankle. I'm in, coach, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like... I, I told this to a comic in New Orleans to, who would book the same five people every Friday at the same venue. Same venue, same time, same location, five people. Mm-hmm. I go, listen. I was like about to move, so I didn't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. I, real, I, I was realized he was never going to book me because we had a personality conflict. I yeah. go, listen, dude, if you don't put a list together on an Excel spreadsheet of the 30 comics you maybe would book and then rotate them so that once a fiscal quarter... This guy has a spot. I named yeah. a name. This guy has a spot. I named a name. Um, like, I go, look, if you don't give Paul Joseph a spot 
here every fucking spring and then one in the fall and then this guy in the spring and then the fall Mm -hmm. and then he looked at me like I was crazy and the next poster is Paul Joseph and everyone I fucking named fucking slimy cocksucker but um, I go and he's like I never wanted to do that I just wanted to be a performer I go you run the show you you don't have a choice anymore like he basically going I want to be lazier than what you're talking about I don't want anyone to hurt me. I don't want anyone to say something mean to me. So I'm only comfortable with these five people. These five people are like my emotional support hack comics. Vince Zambon. Um, ACBD Remedy. (laughs) ACBD Remedy is the sponsor. You can type in promo code ERIC for 20% off your order. You can go to erichollerbach.com. Click the stand-up specials uh, tab. You can look at conspiracies and dick jokes, fart porn and beer halls, and it's a medical device. I have a lot of podcasts coming up. Uh, I have shows in Jersey in September. Um, have a look at that. Pat Bernard, what a pleasure to know you, sir. You have a kind face. And uh, that's been Highway Diary, episode 332, with my guest, Pat Bernard Tui. This was so fun. Sciatica, real estate. Was there anything in the tea? Mom issues. Hi. Bye.